0: In part 2 of Who Killed Jesus, John Carter further shows us how to grab hold of the goal. Before any real victory, Olympians will suffer countless injuries and make sacrifices that ultimately will make them stronger. Jesus can help us become stronger too. We just need to reach out and take what he has already won for us. To understand this, we must first ask, Who killed Jesus.
1: Welcome back to part two of who killed Jesus and a very special welcome to my friend Wayne today. Uh, Wayne's the host of this program. And thank you for joining us, Wayne. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen around the world. Thank you for your questions now, we're going to put up our address on the screen so you can keep your questions coming. We appreciate you, and we love your questions. Now, Wayne, you've got a question
2: coming up for me. Okay, thank you. Did God suffer with his son?
1: Let me make this very, very plain. to Every person watching the telecast today, God Was not an angry God waiting to be appeased by a blood offering, as taught by some people. The Bible teaches, and it says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and these words sort of blow me away. It says that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. So when Christ was hanging on the cross and going through the hell of bearing the sin of the world, God was suffering. You can never go away and say, God doesn't understand my pain. God understands pain because he went through it on the cross. Now the Bible tells me this, that God, listen carefully, God in Jesus Christ became the substitute for the guilty human race. He came and he stood in our place and he offered satisfaction for the sins of the world. Now, I don't want to get too theological today, but I want to tell you this, that sin came into the universe and sin was destroying millions and billions of lives. And God in the person of Christ came down to this earth. He became our substitute and he suffered for our sins in our place on the cross. He became our substitute and he
2: gave satisfaction for the sins of the world. Think about it. This truth is difficult to comprehend. I realize today
1: we live in a very, very superficial age. It's affected us all. Uh, Most of television is about trivia. But today, my beloved friend, we are not talking trivia. We are talking the most important truth in the history of the universe. And we are dealing with the most Uh, most profound truths that concern your soul and my soul. Now, I'm going to read to you from the book of Romans. Now, many people believe this is the greatest book that has ever been written in the history of the human race, written by a Jewish scholar by the name of Paul. Romans chapter 3, 24 to 26, out of the New King James Version. He says, being justified freely or declared righteous freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation. A propitiation? An atoning sacrifice. So the death of Christ was an atoning sacrifice. He was not a martyr. He was an atoning sacrifice a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Now listen to this. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. God just can't say, hey, the universe is in a terrible mess. I'm just going to forgive all this. You see, God is a righteous and a holy God. The Bible tells me that God has wrath. You say, no, God doesn't have No, read it in the Bible. Read it in the book of Revelation. Read it in this book of Romans. God has wrath against sin. And before God could forgive sin, God had to do something. And God had to be a father, and God had to be a judge. Now, listen to me. I'm going to tell you a little story. There was a king thousands of years ago, he had a big family because he had lots of wives and he had lots of sons and daughters. He had a most beautiful daughter. Her name was Tamar. He also had a a son. And his name was Amnon. And he raped his half-sister. whose name was Tamar. You can read it in the Bible. What did the king do? Well, the king got mad. But he did nothing. You know, he loved his family. He had lots of love. But a king has got to have more than love. He's got to have justice. Are you still listening to me? Am I losing you? A king's got to to have love. God's got love. But he's also got to have justice. So the king did nothing. What happened? Well, Tamar had a brother. He was a good-looking guy. A big guy. He got really mad. And so he plotted that he was going to get revenge for his sister Tamar. You know what he did? He murdered his brother Amnon. He murdered his brother, his half brother Amnon. What did the king do? Oh, the king got mad. But the king should have shown justice, but the king just showed love. He just showed love. He couldn't combine the dual role of a king with love and justice. What was the end result? Go and read it for yourself in the Bible. There was a tremendous rebellion and 20,000 people were killed. Why? Because the king did not know how to combine the dual role of a father with a judge. Thank God. God was better than King David. On the cross, He showed the greatest love in the history of the universe. But He also
2: showed justice, the justice of God. Was our sin the reason why Christ had to die? The Bible teaches the astounding truth that Jesus Christ
1: became our substitute. He came and he stood in our place. He bore our sin, he bore our guilt and he suffered the judgment of God against sin. Now when I turn to the book of Isaiah, a tremendous book is the book of Isaiah, my friend. Isaiah chapter 53, I read words like this. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our Iniquities. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus Christ came and stood in the sinner's place. The Bible says he was numbered with the transgressors, he was our substitute, making satisfaction for sin and suffering the justice of God against sin. That was something King David never learned to do, that God was wiser than King David. Listen to this. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, and Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God in human flesh. He's hanging on the cross. He is bearing the sin of the world. He's bearing your sin and mine. And he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why would he say this? Because he felt the wrath of God against sin. It was crushing out his life. He felt that God was withdrawing his presence from him. And he cried out, my God, my God,
2: why have you forsaken me? Who killed Jesus? We all did. What was so significant about dying on a cross? Well, as I've pointed out before, the
1: cross was the instrument of torture that was reserved for the scum of society, for the riffraff, for the criminals and the foreigners. I'm going to read you a text now that I'm, I'm almost afraid to read to you because the text is so strong. And the text has been so misquoted and so misunderstood. But let me read it to you. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Here is the text. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who was hung on a tree. And the cross was a tree. And the Bible says that Christ became a curse for us, and the text is quoted from the Old Testament, cursed is everyone who was hung on a tree. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, suffered the death of every person who's ever lived on this planet. He suffered the death of the greatest sinner. He suffered, the Bible says, God's holy wrath. He became a propitiation and a turning sacrifice. Sometimes a mother will say to her child, I want you to take this medicine, and this medicine will make you well. And to give the child confidence, sometimes she'll take the medicine herself. We have the saying, He took or she took her own medicine. On the cross, God took his own medicine. He suffered for sin. All the accumulated sin in the world, murder, lust, rape, hatred, hypocrisy, greed, envy, jealousy, big sins, black sins, white sins, all types of sins. Many years ago, London used to send out all the sewage of the city in a little vessel called the sludge vessel. They would take it up to the North Sea and they'd drop it out into the depths. The sludge of the world is laid upon Christ, the sin of the world. There's a famous black spiritual that says, were you there when they crucified my Lord? And the answer of course is yes. Who killed Jesus?
2: We all did. Where did you first hear the gospel? I heard it when I was just a boy of 17
1: years of age at what was then a small college about 80 miles north of the great uh, city of Sydney. Avondale College, it is now a university college. When I went there, it was a small college, but it was blessed with the greatest faculty you could find anywhere. Outstanding professors and teachers, better still, they were good people and they understood what I'm talking to you about today. They understood about Christ. They understood what was important and they understood the Bible and they understood the gospel of Christ. Now, my friend, you can know a lot of knowledge, but unless you understand the knowledge of God, you really don't know the most important things. I heard this great gospel preached at Avondale College. And when I discovered that God and Christ had come to this earth and had borne my sin, it broke my heart and changed my life because this is the truth that changes the world, and it will change your heart, it will change all of our hearts, if we will go to the cross and understand that hanging on the cross is the Son of God who
2: is dying for your sin and dying for my sin.
0: Pastor Carter, at the start of this two-part series, you mentioned the Olympics. How can we all be champions of our own lives and take home the gold?
1: You all know the most famous text in the Bible, John chapter 3 and verse 16. We read it so often that to some people it becomes trite and commonplace. The text says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. How do you receive this gift? You can't earn it, my friend. You can't pay for it. You can't do penance for it. You don't get this gift because you're good enough or smart enough. We get this gift when we come as penitents to the cross of Christ, and we believe in Christ, and we confess our sins. And when we do this, we receive the gift of everlasting life. Now, here I have something of real significance. Just before his death, Jesus celebrated the Passover supper with his disciples. That commemorated the angel of death that passed through the land of Egypt and passed over. It passed over those homes that had the blood on the door. You can read it in the Bible. You can read it in the Old Testament. Jesus celebrated this service. We call it the Lord's Supper. We use the wine of the grape, the grape juice. Jesus said it symbolized the blood of Christ, his own blood. He said, this is my blood which is shed for you for the remission of sins. And then he took the bread with his disciples. Now remember, we're in lockdown here. The only people in this room, my son David doing such a marvelous job, and my wife Beverly, we are here in isolation. But today we are going to celebrate this with the bread, this unleavened bread, the bread that represents the body of Christ. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. As we take this bread, we break it. It symbolizes that Christ was broken for us. As we drink the wine, it symbolizes that just as the grapes were crushed to make the wine, so Christ was crushed to give us everlasting life. We must do something. We must come as penitents and we must accept the gift and we accept it by faith. We say today, I do believe, I do believe and I take Christ as my Savior confessing and repenting of my sins.
0: What do I have to do to claim this victory in my life?
2: Here, my friend, is the answer to that
1: question. Once again, I can summarize it in the words, how can a guilty sinner be right with God? And I'm going to read to you again Romans chapter 3. This is a profound passage. Many people pass it by. But many people believe that this is the most important revelation ever given to the human race. I pray you in God's name. Listen and concentrate as I read to you the words of the great Apostle Paul. He says, Romans chapter 3, 22 to 26, Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. God gives us his righteousness as a gift, not because we are good enough, not because we've done some penance or some work or because we've earned it he gives it gives it to us as a free gift because of what christ did for us in our place on the cross what must we do we must believe with all our hearts will you do that today my friend he goes on to say for there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Justified, declared righteous. In a moment he will declare you righteous. You will stand in the sight of a holy God as though you had never sinned. This is the gospel, it means good news. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God set forth As a propitiation, as an atoning sacrifice by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Now, pray God that you get this to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness. God's gotta be right, God's gotta be righteous. This is not a phony deal. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him, of the person who has faith in Jesus. The cross displays the justice of God. Christ is punished in my place. God hath made him who had no sin. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 to become sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. He was not sin, but he took our sin. He bore our sin. He suffered our sin, so that we can receive as a gift the righteousness of God so you can be right with God right now. My friend, won't you believe this? You say, it's profound theology. Of course it is. But it comes from a profound God, a God who is just, the judge, a God who is loving, who was our Father. He loved us so much that he went to the cross in Christ. Hanging on the cross was God bearing the sin of the world. Believe it, and you'll see the glory of God. Step out of the darkness, my friend, and step into God's eternal light. Do it now. When I was just a little boy of six, I went to the Brisbane Town Hall, or Brisbane City Hall in Queensland, Australia. I went there with my mother to hear an American preacher, Pastor Clifford Reeves from the United States. Just a little boy, He preached the gospel of Christ. They had a big choir. And on one occasion, the choir sang the words, Sing them over again to me. Christ receiveth the sinful man. It's never got out of my head. That choir singing, Christ receiveth sinful men. Sinful man, sinful men, long time ago. Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, I think, it was said of Jesus, this man receives sinners and goes to eat with them. My friend, get this down into the molecules of your mind today. This man receives sinners. This man took the place of sinners. This man died on the cross for you. Who killed Jesus? We all killed Jesus. The Jews killed Jesus. The spiritual leaders killed Jesus. The Pharisees killed Jesus. The Romans killed Jesus. The Roman king, this petty king, Herod killed Jesus. Pilate killed Jesus. Judas killed Jesus. But remember the words of the old black spiritual that we love so much. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And those black slaves in America toiling beneath the lash, they got it right. We were all there. We all stood around the cross and to all of us, there is offered today something better than a pardon. There is offered complete, full forgiveness and with this forgiveness, there comes everlasting life. Therefore, my friend, I invite you today In the name of him who sent me to preach the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, believe, trust, come to him today. I assure you of one amazing truth, he is waiting for you today. His arms are stretched out to you, he said, He who comes to me will never be cast out. Think about it. He who comes to me, the biggest sinner, will not be cast out. The murderer, the thief, the blasphemer, the Sabbath breaker, the idolater, whoever, whoever truly believes with all his heart, he will not be cast out. Who killed Jesus? We all did. And to all of us, there is offered today, right now, the gift of everlasting life. Therefore, come.
2: Therefore, believe. Now. We can all
0: pray that sometime in our lifetime, that God's peace will shine throughout the world. Until that day, we urgently need to help the Ukrainian children. The Carter Report team has been to the Ukraine on many of its evangelistic missions. We all love the people of the Ukraine for their openness to the word of God. Mrs. Carter and the Carter Report team have visited the orphanages in the Ukraine sharing the gospel and giving out Bibles and medicine. They've sat and prayed with the children and the staff that care for them. Please send your support, prayers and love for the children. They need our help now. You can send your gift for any amount to the address on the screen or call the number. Also, you can donate through the Carter Report website. Thank you for your kindness to the Ukrainian children.